our stories as told by us and may cause some triggers. Names are left out to protect privacy of all parties involved. We do not own the rights to any music in our podcast. And we are not responsible for any distress or damage caused by our podcast as that is not our intent. Hey, welcome back. It's Danielle and Erica. (laughs) We are on episode two. Um, Just a quick recap in the last episode. We started talking about Erica's story and her journey. Um, She left off on where she's on round two in this relationship, um, trying to make things work as he was doing the play Mr. Nice Guy show face in front of his peers in public. But behind closed doors, he was using intimidation factors such as throwing things mm-hmm. doing the blame game mm-hmm. it was always her fault um, she started to feel as if she was walking on eggshells she had to be careful of how she said things what she was saying and how she even approached him so Erica if you want to yeah uh, elaborate some more on that yeah. on that story um, so the showing face thing, it's funny. I, it's almost like they wear a mask, right? So, like, they put their mask on for people in public. And then at home, you know, that that sometimes the mask slips in public. Um, like, here, here's a, an example for you. You know, any kind of holiday or, like, special event or anything like that, um, most of the time individuals who are kind of mentally abusive, I guess you could say. Um, they have a tendency to kind of just like completely destroy your mood about anything that you're excited about. So like for instance, if you're if you're having a family get together, it's a holiday or you know something like that, um, they're quite irritated by that, right? Like they're irritated when they have to go with you and do anything that like you want to do. And I think the reason for this is because usually they didn't have the best experiences when they were younger in those types of situations. Either they were from a broken family and their parents fought a lot, or they just didn't feel important or like heard or seen in those types of things. I think that's where it comes from. I'm I'm not sure. Could be. I've, I never experienced that as a kid, as a kid. I was lucky. Um, and I've always been the type to like, want to be the life of the party and like make any kind of experience I have with like family or whatever, a a fun and good one. So some things that would happen, um, and here's a, an example. I was in the car, we were in the car with my parents and we were headed to a get together and, um, I've, I'm kind of jumping ahead here with you guys. Cause at this point I already had a daughter with him. So I am kind of skipping ahead, but this memory is just in my mind and it goes with what we're already kind of talking about. So at this point you were together already off and on, but for how long would you say that you guys were together? So when you said this is round two, I have to be honest with you, round one and one and round two with this individual kind of mesh together. 
Um, it's kind of funny because it was like three year intervals. Like we were together for three years and then we separated for three years. Oh, wow. And then we got to back, back together again. Um, and I guess instead of telling you this story, I should, I should go, I should go back and say that from my brother's house, when we were living in my brother's house, um, we would get into some pretty bad arguments and here, here's something I want to add to, um, completely, completely not sure of like what career path he wanted to go in. Right. So at this point we had been through, he had been through five, six, seven different jobs. Right. Cause that's, that's something that's pretty normal with someone like that. I didn't see it then, but now I see it. So he was always back and forth with, with different jobs. I have maintained the same job pretty much primarily through the whole, all three rounds so with you this, were, with you this were individual. Like, you were like I the was, stable one. Yeah. And then, yeah. Now when he was job, I'm, I just got it now. When he was job hopping, was it always the company or place's fault or the people that he worked with? Was it always their fault on why he was leaving or was it to better himself? Kind of both. Like most of the time it was all oh, these coworkers are lazy or, you know, they don't care or I'm working my butt off or, or he was a money chaser, you know, like his excuse was always, oh, well, I'm going to go here because I'm going to make more money here. So money was always the factor like the driving factor for why he would skip around is what he would tell me like, Oh, I'm going to make more money here. Or I'm going to make more money there. And I would just, I would support it. It would be really frustrating though. Um, he always managed to find another job pretty quickly or have multiple jobs, but it was never stable. You know, it was always, Oh, I'm here now. Or like, I would never know when he would come home and be like, Oh, well I quit today. You know, Red not, flag. yeah, now I'm working here. Like, oh, okay, so nonchalantly, you know, and sometimes there would be no emotion behind it, and sometimes there would be emotion behind it. It just it just really depended on the situation, I guess. But always, always doing something different, and I don't even know where I'm going. So you guys were, like, living at your brother's house. Yeah, so he'd already had three or four jobs <laughs> during that time frame, and we only we only rent it for my brother for one full year. Yeah, if that tells you anything. So that's that's what three jobs in one year. Yeah, and huge red flag. Yeah, yeah, didn't know that. <laughs> didn't know that. Just thought, oh, we're young. He's still trying to figure it out. You know, still just doesn't know what he wants to do. Um, and uh, eventually. I ended up getting pregnant at my brother's house when we were living there. I was 28 years old. Um, found out I was pregnant. was very excited. Um, and then things got really great for a while. Um, a little rocky at first, like with some arguments. I remember one instance when we were arguing in the kitchen. And like, I can't even tell you what it was about. But we're, we're yelling at each other. I'm probably about, probably still in my first trimester and he, we both just started destroying things in the kitchen. I think he started with throwing like a crock pot he got me for my birthday. And then plants were being thrown. And then I was throwing some cups. And then the next thing I know, I'm being tripped and I'm on my butt. I'm on my ass on the floor. 
Like he just completely knocked my feet from under me and I landed on the ground. And, you know, if anyone's fallen before, whether someone's tripping you or you just fall on your own, like, just think about what you feel in that moment when you're on the ground. It's embarrassment. It's embarrassment. You feel, you feel just so many things and, and then get back up and, you know, here, here's a tactic, you know, this person tripped you, right? But yet they're not admitting that they tripped you. You know, like the, the journal and the heat in the moment. Oh, well, you, you were doing stuff too. You were throwing stuff too. Like you just, you fell. Like you just fell. It was just in the heat because of the you're, moment. Because you're acting crazy. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, no, I know, I know I didn't fall. But then you just kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny how you just let it go? Like, oh, well, maybe I did. Maybe I did trip. Maybe he didn't really just knock my feet from under me. You start questioning your own knowledge and your own gut and intuition. And and then I was pregnant. So it's like, oh, well, your hormones are crazy and you don't know what you're talking about or you're being too sensitive. You know, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. Nobody likes to hear you need to calm down. So I remember that one. And then I also remember in that house another really bad fight we had the the two worst times and it, again this was all in the first trimester where I think we were both chill still just trying to like let the fact that we were about to be parents sink in like we're about to have a baby so like I'm sure I'm sure he wasn't completely in the right mind frame and I wasn't in the right mind frame or it could just be me making excuses for both of us because either way doing those types of things are unacceptable um, and you definitely shouldn't knock the, the legs from under a woman that you love and who was pregnant with your child. But anyway, <laughs> there, there were some other fights we had where I like jumped on his back, you know, and then he like pinned me down to the ground and there was just more of that kind of thing happening. And then all of a sudden it was, we need to be closer to family. Let's buy a house. So... Okay, so not only are we about to be parents and I'm pregnant, but now we're going to go purchase our first house together, which is now these now this is two things we're going to be bound together with, you know, a little thing called trauma bonding because, you know, finding out you're pregnant and like buying a house are two like really big deals like they're they're serious. So. In the house search process, I was very emotional, of course. I was pregnant, going to buy my first house. Like, everything inside of me told me, and I don't think I've any ever even told anybody this, but everything inside of me told me, like, Erica, do not buy this house. Like, you know. don't do this. Like, what are you doing? And I kept trying to, like, make excuses for things, and I would get emotional about it. Like, even when we put the offer in the house and we got it, I kind of was disappointed. Like I haven't admitted that to anybody, but I was, I was so scared and like I was ignoring my intuition, like completely ignoring it. Like going along with everything, like this is going to be great. You know, no, I knew it was not going to be great. You started ignoring that intuition and not only that, but you were getting sucked deeper into that relationship Mm -hmm. where you, once you get a whole bunch of stuff together, it's harder to get out of the situation yeah yeah I mean 
but then things got things got better you know things were great when I was pregnant he treated me like he did in the very beginning like what I talked about before you know oh look at my pregnant girlfriend she's so great I was back on that pedestal again you know feeding me making me whatever I wanted doing every I felt like he was just doing everything he could to like make me happy you know and then something in me switched and I was like oh like this is changing everything like this is so great like he really loves me he wants this baby we got a house like we're doing this yeah I'm in you know where I'm all in here we go <laughs> and then and then some things happened at the baby shower with his mother you know not being so nice to my family which was pretty traumatizing I mean you go to your baby shower expecting it to be like one of the better days of your life like you're you're celebrating the fact that you're going to be bringing a child into this world and like the dynamics at my baby shower was just to- like it was just toxic now was know? that the first time his family was meeting your family yes oh wow yes and it was like not not very many members of his family were there a few but like I just remember his mother um Oh, my God, his mother. Even when I found out what I was having, like, she was very similar to him in the sense of it was always all about her. And I remember when we found out what the gender was, like, she was mad. She was mad. She's like, well, I already made I already made a boy's blanket. Like, I thought for sure you're going to have a boy. Like, I can't believe you're having a girl. And was just on the, like, up on the table when I was having the ultrasound, like, all in my business, like, making it about her and and then we get to the baby shower and it's all about her again and she felt some type of some type of way and I just felt like him and her both they had a tumultuous relationship but like they always wanted to make things about them like even that day even that day at the, it like the baby shower was over for the most part everything went good and I remember he came in and he was playing with some of the kids that were there and he popped a balloon, right? And it made like someone in my family jump and she like said something because she's very sassy like me and, and opinionated and she was like, hey, you know, just kind of kidding around. And he got so offensive about that. And then it probably became oh my your God. fault. That oh my God, then it blew up. Your aunt is horrible. How dare her talk to me like that in front of everybody? That was embarrassing. He caused a big scene. He threw gravel. Everyone witnessed this, like him throwing gravel, throwing a fit, throwing chairs in the back of his vehicle. I don't even know what vehicle he had. Those like flung out while he was driving down the road. And then his mom and my mom had words because she's defending him and my mom's defending me. And it was just a disaster. Oh, my God. Like a complete freaking disaster. And this is supposed to be a very happy day for you guys. Yeah. And it's supposed to be about me. And it turned into about him. And like the whole thing was just ruined because of a balloon. That's that's traumatizing. And my aunt making a comment, you know, and then he disappeared. And I'm, I have to bring, like, I didn't even bring all the stuff back from my baby shower. My brother's soon-to-be wife at the time loaded up her car and brought me all my things from the baby shower because, you know me, I got in the car and chased him down. I was going to say, did you leave with him or did you? Separately, but when he left, I left. To make sure he was okay. Yeah, of course. Even though, like, why? Like, none of that should have even blown up as big as it blown up. 
So what, can I ask, when you guys got back home, that's where you guys, where he headed, right? To home? No, not right away. Oh. No, he didn't come home for... I sat there, like, not even knowing where he was at. He wouldn't answer my phone. He was upset. I had to bring all the stuff in, and you know, and he was nowhere to be found. Like, I didn't know where he was. Do you know how long you sat at home waiting for him to arrive? It got dark. And what was it like when he came home? He was ignoring me. He didn't want to talk to me. I tried to talk to him about it. He didn't want to talk about it. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure I just stayed up all night looking at all the baby stuff or whatever that I don't even think he looked at until, like, the next day. But I remember I went to I went to bed, and then the next day things were even worse because then his mother was, like, texting my mom all these horrible things about my family, you know, calling us a bunch of hillbillies. We're toothless hillbillies. We don't have any class. We're this, we're that, you know. And then eventually ended up he ended up getting upset with his mom. And she wasn't even allowed to come in to the hospital when I had my daughter. Like she was banned. And that was his decision. His decision. I agreed with it, you know, because I was hurt. Obviously, you just attacked my family. Like, why do I want you to come witness my baby being born when my family's going to be there and you think all these horrible things about me and them and whatever? So he supported that, and his his mother never met Raina until a couple years later, actually. Wow. She was nowhere around. Now, did she blame you for all of that? Did he, or did he let her know, like, this was my decision? Yeah, yeah. He didn't he didn't blame me. He definitely said it was his decision. Um, yeah. but like I said, they had a pretty um tumultuous relationship to begin with. Like they did a lot of back and forth, like as father, mother, like it was never really great, you know. And if it was great, it was really great, and if it was bad, it was really bad. So yeah, sense. he had a to- like they had a toxic relationship yes. with each other. So. Yes. Very much. Everything that he, you and him were going through is considered toxic relationship. But for him, that was probably his normal, his way of normalcy. Oh, yeah. Even though it's very unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Even, even, even the day I had my daughter was, like, traumatic, to be quite honest with you. It was all about him. You know, his friends... He had certain friends coming that I could care less that they were even there. Like, this is a private time, you know. Um, why are you having certain people come, like, look at me? Right. <laughs> you know, that I don't even, i not even that close to. Like, I understand if you would want to share with them after, but I don't know. You guys are in the hospital. That's a time for you and him to bond with your baby mm-hmm. and then not only that but i i am a firm believer like that's just family is allowed to visit yeah like friends yeah. they can all wait until we get home and settle like this is a big adjustment for everybody that's involved mm-hmm. i just felt like i had people staring at me that didn't even really care about me you know what i mean yeah who who wants someone staring at them when they're ginormous pregnant and in pain and scared shitless because I was scared shitless. It's about to be a mom. And you're in here staring at me and taught and like 
all because he wants you here. And like, I didn't even get an opinion in the matter. Like I didn't even get asked, Hey, is this okay? It was kind of controlling the situation. Yeah. It was just like, Oh, so-and-so is coming or so-and-so is here. And before I knew it, they were right in my face. I can't imagine. I'm like, what do you do? You, you should be able to be safe with your partner and be like, Hey, partner, I, um, you know, respect the fact that you are wanting your friends to come and visit, but you know, at this time I need this privacy and don't want a whole bunch of people that I am not that close to, to see me in this moment. And he should be able to respect that factor. Yeah. You, you just made a good point though. Um, something that I want ladies to know that are listening to this is boundaries are really important, mm-hmm. like super important. And I still struggle with that today. And that's something that I didn't have at all during this whole relationship. I did not set any boundaries whatsoever. I didn't even really know or recognize what boundaries were. So some of these things, yes, they did happen to me, but they weren't entirely that person's fault either because I didn't set those boundaries. You know, I didn't say at times, you know, this is what I need. This is what I want or don't do this because this makes me feel uncomfortable or don't do that. Like I didn't set any boundaries that that was the problem. Well, boundaries are very, yeah. Boundaries are so, so important to set in any kind of relationship, whether it's a work relationship, family relationship, partner relationship. Um, how do you think it would have gone though, if you did set boundaries or used, I feel this way when you are doing this and I respect you, but would like for you to know that this is bothering me. So I need you to not do this or not talk to me in that kind of manner. Like, how do you think it would happen or what would happen if you had those boundaries put in place? Do you think it made him angrier or? I think it would have depended on how I said it because I think I thought I was setting boundaries because I was, I wasn't saying it in the proper way. I would say things like, don't do that or I don't like that. And a person with, um, I'll just say it with narcissistic tendencies, don't take things like that very lightly. So, and rejection like is horrible to them. It's like they're dying. Oh yeah. So sometimes I think my bet, what I thought was boundaries, I think came across as like criticism or like rejection in a way, Good. you know, cause I would be like, I think it would come out wrong. I would say things like get away from me or, you know, it would come out where I wasn't very affectionate because I didn't set that boundary. So then I would be hurt and then I would lash out by saying things that probably hurt his feelings too. I mean, yeah, I have feelings, but I'm accountable and I'm sure some of the way I said things weren't the proper way to say things. That, if that makes any sense, like I didn't properly set the boundary. 
Yeah, and um, I think in a later episode, because there is ways to set proper healthy boundaries for yourself right. with, as I said before, with family, even toxic parents, as it sounds like. It's so know. important. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, we will definitely have an episode on setting boundaries and that positive manner to go about setting boundaries for sure. Yeah. So, so we had the baby, right? Um, and this is where things probably start to get the worst. This is probably like the hardest part, I think, of my, my whole journey um, in this relationship. I have the baby, and you know, women, you know this. You're going through so many different emotions. You're a new mom. I was so extra. You know, but he, it would hurt my feelings because he would say things like, you have an unhealthy attachment to our daughter. I'm like, how can you have an unhealthy attachment? Like, what would make him say, like, because I kind of became a little, um, controlling in the sense, like, let me give you an example. He would want to like, give me a break. Right. And it would be like, Oh, I want to give you a break. I'm going to take the baby yard selling like to yard sales. And she's like four months old. And I'm like, you're gonna, what do you mean? Like, you're going to get in and out of the car with this. Like, no, no, you're not going to take my baby anywhere. And I would say things like my baby, my baby, when it was in fact our baby, right. You know, again, accountability there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was having a hard time. Like I feel like any mother, first time mother would, you know, I had some issues letting go. Um, he would make me feel bad about the fact that I was breastfeeding and I wanted to keep Raina in our room, you know, and he would say things like, you need to put her in your own room, in her own room. Um, that's what the baby monitors for, you know, you're just going to have to get up and like her room was on the complete other end of the house. Okay. Yeah. You know, and when they are newborns or even several months old, them getting up multiple times a night, I can understand like keeping the baby in the room with you. Yeah. And eventually he, he was good the first two weeks. Well, kind of. Um, I just remember, <laughs> I'm going to tell this story. I remember, and I don't even care. I don't even care how gross it's going to sound because this memory is, is like burned into my brain, right? So after you have a baby, you get constipated, right? Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. constipated. I'm miserable. I am constipated. I need some kind of medicine. You know, we lived like three miles from a store. I can't drive. I had a cesarean section. I I couldn't drive at all. So, you know, I asked him, I'm like, can you please go get me some medicine? Like, I'm miserable here. I can't drive or I go do it myself. Raina was not even a month old. He would not go to the store for me. He would not. I don't feel like going to the store. He was sick. You know, you guys just need to go in the living room. Like, I'm not going to go to the store for you. I don't feel good. He had shut himself in his room completely disregarded the fact that I like just had this baby I need you to go three miles up the road and give me some medicine I had to call my mom who was 15 minutes away from me and when she came in buddy she was so mad he peeked his head out like to say hi to her and she just looked at him like are you freaking kidding me right now 
Like you are the person that's supposed to be taking care of my granddaughter and my daughter and you couldn't drive three miles up the street to get her what she needed. Do you think that maybe he was like who needing does? that attention? Yeah, it was always about him needing yeah. that attention. I mean, that was our whole problem when I first had Raina is he wasn't getting that anymore. You know, and and I didn't care. Like I'm not gonna lie, I don't I don't care. I have this new beautiful baby in my arms. Unless you're going to be involved with what I'm doing and giving all of your energy to this child, like, whatever, dude, you know, right. <laughs> you're sick. I don't care. Um, so I think he started feeling like some rejection and not attention there. So things just got worse and worse from that, from that point. And, and then he, he was off for a couple weeks and then he went back to work and then things really got bad. Cause then he would just stay at work. Like late you know was he actually staying at work I don't know you really don't you know what I never knew where the hell he ever was okay I never knew where the hell he was he could tell me he was somewhere and I wouldn't really know if he was there because he bounced around so much and was so charismatic and had so many different acquaintances and friends like he could be anywhere you know and I I for a while didn't even care because I'm like oh I'm doing everything anyway you know i but am I, I will say that I didn't really, I had a hard time with letting him do a lot of things. And I think that eventually got to him too, because I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be a mom. Like I just wanted to be the best mom I could be. And sometimes I didn't let him do things and he wanted to. And I think that that's when things really started to go down hill is when we weren't sharing those responsibilities and he, I kind of, he kind of felt like I was pushing him out of that in, involvement. I would let him sometimes, but most of the time I would do it myself, you know? Right. Um, so then things started to get worse. He wouldn't, he started not coming home until really late, you know? And then eventually I went back to work and then it got even worse when I went back to work because... I just, he wasn't helping me. And then eventually got to the point where he was getting upset at night. Like if she'd be crying and he'd say, I got to go to work in the morning. You know, I mean, I'm sure these are all normal things that people that happen to people maybe when they have a baby, but he would get like angry and we had a spare bedroom and he would go, he started sleeping in the spare bedroom and then there'd be some nights I'd go to bed and he wouldn't even be home and I wouldn't even know what time he came in. No idea. And I wasn't that girl that like checked his phone or his messages. Like I never once looked in his phone. Do you think that not once you just got to the point where it was like, I was going to be doing whatever he wants. So, yep. Yep. Pretty much. I got to be that supportive, good girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Just keep my nose down. Mm -hmm. And then now did he ever, as she would be crying at night and getting angry, did did he ever decide then that he was going to be throwing stuff or like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would get up and throw stuff the whole way. He would go back to the spare bedroom. You know, I remember a time where we got into a fight so bad. Um, I ended up locking myself in Raina's room. Were you scared? Like scared. Like he's. 
he punched a, a hole in the door. You know, he was upset. I think it was because I wasn't probably because I wasn't having sex with him, to be quite honest with you, or giving him any kind of attention because it would eventually get to the point that when he would come home and I was there and I physically saw him there, I was expected to like greet him with excitement, right? But when you go so many days without support or seeing him and you're so isolated, right? Like all you're doing all day long is taking care of this baby and you don't know what he's doing. You don't know where he's at. You have so many days where you don't see him, but that yet when he walks in the door, you're supposed to just greet that person like, oh, thank God you're here. Well, not only that, but your hormones are changing and lack of sleep plays a huge part. So you're just exhausted by the end of the day. Yeah. He would say things like, well, you're not even happy to see me when I come here or when I come home. So why, why should I even bother? You know, like, why should I even bother coming home if you're not excited to see me? I can't even imagine how you reacted because I probably would have honestly looked at him and be like, you're right. I'm not. But I mean, you get used to it. It's like, And I guess he thought, I don't know what he thought. I guess he thought the opposite effect would happen. Like, you know, maybe the more I stay away, the more she'll be happy to see me when I am finally there. But that's not really how that works. No. In this this kind of situation. I mean, you're supposed to be parenting with me. You know, it'd be really nice if you were home every night by five. And we could eat together and we could do the responsibilities of the baby together. Instead of you running and hiding and doing God knows what, because I don't know what he was doing, working, I guess. Well, eventually, I think, you know, he found his person that he's with now. um, Because I think obviously not getting those things for me caused him to try to look for them in another person. So then he eventually found a person that was giving him the attention and You know, he could tell them, he could tell this person, you know, how he's not getting attention and he's not getting love and he's being neglected and he's, you know, finding, and you know, I don't, I don't blame somebody for doing that. Like, I don't blame him for doing that. I honestly, truly don't blame him for wanting to find comfort because every human being is going to do that. But I just wish that it could have been done in a different way. Right. Um, instead, he would give me ultimatums like, if you don't have sex with me tonight and put Raina in her room or like, you know, and do and do certain things to make me feel like I it was an ultimatum. Like I was supposed to just change who I was and do everything he wanted me to do. And if I didn't, then this was over, you know, like this whole thing was going to be over. And I just never understood that because I'm like, you know, we just bought this house together. Like we just made a baby together. Like how in the hell are you going to give me an ultimatum? Like if we were to ever get married, this is like sickness and health that that do us part, you know, like where's my, where's the 80, 20 here? Like sometimes you have to take turns with stuff. And obviously I needed him and I wasn't getting what I needed, but in turn, he wasn't getting what he needed either. Right. Instead of having that healthy relationship of communicating things, there was threats being made. Or he would ignore me. 
that was his favorite tactic. I mean, I feel like I feel like those are punishments. Like I would be mm-hmm. punished. And then I'm sure you questioned yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely a lot of stuff that people are going to end up learning in later episodes here. Of we've mentioned a couple red flags, and then also. Um, we are going to end up having an episode on what exactly mental and emotional abuse is. And the difference. Yes. Um, because they are very different, but they're both equally as impactful to the person. Yes. And it does. It causes a lot of damage in somebody's life, short term and long term. And some people just believe abuse can be physical. Um, so we will get into what those are, tips of overcoming that, red fl- more red flags will also be taught, mm-hmm. and um, then, yeah, there's 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 so much to talk about here, and um, you know that was that was the end, but then things got even crazier after that that we'll get into, and I can give some examples. Um, later on about my journey and all the different, different things that I had to go through even after we separated. Yeah. Because Because the abuse got worse after that. You guys have a child together. So this is something for other people to learn too, is how to co-parent. How to overcome this. Yeah. Overcome and co-parent and all the things in between. So, yeah, until next time. Yeah, till next time. So if you or if you know someone who is struggling or is in a domestic violence situation, please reach out to the Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233, or you can also send a text message to 741-741. Also, there are some resources. You can reach out to the Protected Battered Women RC on Facebook. Keep in mind, if you're having suicidal thoughts or you know someone that is, there is also a suicide hotline. That number is 800-273-8255.